0: Mm. Uh...
1: I'm Cheryl Magsby, and I'm one of the co-editors of Rockets and Robots.
2: And I am James Maxey, also one of the co-editors of Rockets and Robots, and, and for Rockets, also the illustrator. I did all the illustrations of the cover on it.
0: And here are a few of the authors that made Rockets and Robots
3: happen. Hi, I'm Bruce Markison, the author of Robotics Genius.
4: Hi, everybody, I'm Anne E. Johnson, and my story is called
0: Sweba's Swarm. This is author Lancer Kind. Whatever kind of name that is.
1: Hi, I'm Catherine Hannafin, also go by Kay Hannafin as my pen name, and my story is First Contact.
0: I write it under Eric
2: James Stone because there was an Eric Stone who started publishing novels before I started doing writing.
0: You're just supposed to rub the other guy out, man. That's how you roll here. Hello, everyone. I'm the author of Attitude Adjustment. This series contains some of the people behind the anthology Rockets and Robots. The series started in episode 194. In this episode, we talk with the aforementioned authors. Go
3: ahead Bruce, greet the audience and tell us the title of your story. Hi, I'm Bruce Markison, the author of Robotics Genius. I've been writing for about uh, 12 years, I've had over 150 publications. Glad to be part of this anthology.
0: Nice, yes. James Maxey picked your story for Rockets and Robots. Congratulations are in order. So what was your secret? Did you buy him drinks at the Worldcon bar? Or or how did did this happen?
3: I did meet him at the Fan Expo in Chicago. Yes, But uh, no, I sent him five previously published robot stories, and he picked this one.
0: Oh, five robot stories. All right. Is robot stories your thing, or is that uh, just... It's one of them. I've, I always love a good robot story. All right. This one's a little bit of a leading question, but why do you think your story about robots is a great fit for this anthology about rockets and robots?
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, he said it's, you know, you need to mix the shorter, longer stories. This is a nice tale. This one is a great addition. That's what he told me, so... Yeah, nice. More of a like flash fiction. Oh, cool. Uh, what inspired you to write that story? Oh, uh, I love Extreme Opposites. Uh, you know, I like change of perspective, uh, a good solid ending to it, a nice little twist with the story.
0: Nice. Uh, what amazing things will readers take away by reading your story?
3: Well, uh, everything's not as it seems. Everyone is not as they seem. I kind of set up the story where uh, he's got to clear out his uh, brother's house who died, and uh, he wants to just throw everything out because he thought he was a robotic idiot. Then he finds something... <laughs> Truly genius.
0: Oh, cool. That sounds like a great story.
3: I don't want to give any spoilers. Oh, <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Well, well, thanks, Bruce. Okay. Thank you. Hi, everybody.
4: I'm Anne E. Johnson. And my story is called Sweba's
0: Swarm. Now, James Maxey picked your story for Rockets and Robots. Congratulations are in order. But you know, I've heard that others got in by buying him drinks at the WorldCom bar. What was your secret?
4: Uh, I'm just apparently an awesome writer, and he couldn't turn it down. What can I say? Wow,
0: that's that's a unique angle there. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed, you know, where, where's all the subterfuge? Anyways, it's okay. But tell me, what inspired you to write your story?
4: It's an adventure story that has some uh, action and some danger but also has a lot of hope in it and i i was trying to use that format to show also the struggles the internal struggles of the girl sweba who's the main character so there's a couple things that i wanted to write about one i have kind of a fascination with the idea of space stations in science fiction cool. sort of as oases on the one hand but also as potential places where there could be trouble uh, coming from them, or if you go to them, things that could be going wrong inside. And so I chose the, the last of those for this story, where the space station that the characters visit is abandoned mm-hmm. and they are themselves already in danger, as I'll explain in a moment, but they also they also realize when they're on the space station that it is falling apart. It's abandoned and is in bad repair, and so they have to work quickly and get off it quickly. Oh. So um, I- I'm also really interested in the concept of nanobots, and I was inspired particularly by a Doctor Who episode with Christopher Eccleston called The Empty Child, which is depends largely on the behavior of nanobots and their sort of pre-programmed obsession with keeping people safe, even though it doesn't seem to be that that's what they're doing. So in this story, the home planet of the people on the spaceship going to the space station is a dying planet. And we're never on that planet, but we know that all the parents, all the adults have sent the kids out on a spaceship to try to save them. Hmm. So the spaceship is entirely Kids, and the captain is a teenager. So they're in mid-journey, going to somewhere that's supposed to be safer. And they end up being short of food, and they know that there's a space station nearby where they hope they can get some supplies. Sweba, the main character, was, was surrounded by nanobots since birth, which is a thing that happens sometimes on her planet. And normally, if you grow up in the normal way, you learn to control the nanobots. But she didn't grow up in the normal way because of all the problems on her planet and the fact that she's not with her parents. So she's having to learn on her own what to do with the nanobots. And it's very frustrating because they won't obey her. And Hmm. so they mostly just swarm around and don't do anything. (laughs) But she knows they have the potential to have great power. So, this is a combination of an adventure of trying to get supplies in this dangerous space station, mm. but also of Sweba trying to figure out how to use her nanobots to help the situation.
0: Tell me about Sweba. That's an interesting name. What's, what is that telling us about her background?
2: It's
4: just when I write science fiction, I, 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 don't, I don't spend tons of time on this, especially for a short story, but I try to think of, of sound. Combinations that aren't normal to Earth, let's say. Oh. Um, and so, Sweba in this case is uh, is what I came up with. Oh, cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it might have came from an ethnicity background, deep history thing. But uh, you're going by uh, the sound of it. That's neat. Okay, I'm gonna re- reiterate this one because I'm not sure we landed this question. What inspired you to write the story?
4: I'm not sure how to answer that specifically. Besides to say my that I was trying to combine my interest in space stations. With my interest in nanobots.
0: What amazing things will the readers take away reading your story?
4: Well, hopefully they'll find it exciting. Hopefully they will empathize with Sweba's struggle. And basically she's facing a crisis of confidence, which anybody can relate to. She knows that she can control the bots and she knows that it has something to do with her mood and her confidence and the way she thinks about them. And so through trial and error during the story, she comes up with different ways of thinking. Some of which sort of work, some of which don't work at all, yeah. and tries in that way to to figure out how she can get the bots to respond to her and be uh, a part of her. Really.
0: Oh, cool! So she's like, so, she's doing problem solving. It sounds like, and uh, yeah. and there's ways to think about that. Her analysis, and so the reader comes up with some maybe new ideas about that nice
1: hi i'm Catherine hannafin also go by k hannafin is my pen name and my story is first contact
0: now james maxey picked your story for rockets and robots congratulations are in order thank you i've heard you know i got in because i bested him at destiny uh what was your Mm. secret
1: Uh, my secret was a deal with a demon, you know you know how it is. Sometimes you got to do that as a writer. (laughs) Sell your soul a couple of times, you know. Just a couple. (laughs) Yeah, I lost track of how many times I have.
0: (laughs) Wow. So, why do you think your story is a great fit for this anthology?
1: So, my story, First Contact, is a is sort of a science fiction adventure story, kind of like um, Swiss Family Robinson style, where they crash land on an alien planet, told from the point of view of the kid, and Artem encounters an alien species that, well, it's the younger one of their species, and they're not sure how to feel about humans. They've had, it's actually not their first contact. They've encountered humans in the past, and it's always gone very poorly. But Artemis goes and friends befriends this younger alien of the other species called the Vilbra, and they kind of work together to help get them back to space. And possibly in the future, maybe humans and the Vilbra can truly get along as a species.
0: What inspired you to write this, this, this take on a modern Swiss family Robinson?
1: It's actually kind of a sequel to a more adult short story that I wrote a while back. It hasn't been accepted anywhere yet about that kind of chronicles the actual main like first living contact where between uh, humans and the Vilbra species and how it kind of ends in disaster when the humans who it was one about like science fiction religion so it was Christian missionaries on another planet and kind of dealing with like exploring the ways that christian missionaries and history have not been super great to the native cultures and stuff and so they ended up destroying something that was very sacred to the bilbra because partly because of a misunderstanding into, but it's mostly a cultural difference and so they have a couple of humans escape but that's kind of that story in a nutshell, and I decided that you know I thought the Velbra was a really cool alien species. It's kind of I basically took the idea of what if raptors were were the species that evolved to be dominant and have human level intelligence and mm-hmm. stuff yeah the other story goes a little more in depth into how their society works and stuff, but the important thing, but you don't really have to read it to understand what's going on in the story. yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to see I wanted to see like you know how vulgar society might have changed in the intervening centuries and stuff and how they might react to more humans landing on their planet this time, it was an accident instead of being on purpose.
0: Oh, cool. Wow. So, so you have a a larger story or is it another short story that is kind of a background story for this short story in this anthology?
1: It's another short story. It's a bit longer than this one, maybe about two or three times, about 7,500 words or something. Hmm so it's a little bit longer but it's not all that much longer sometimes i just like going back to some of the worlds that i've created in one short story even if the short story wasn't published hasn't been published and like you know fleshing out the world a little bit for some reason or like for some uh you know maybe seeing a different character perspective or a different aspect of that world society stuff like that
0: yeah yeah people probably don't uh, realize this but yeah a lot of uh Published movies or books or short stories, there's usually other stories that are similar or that are prequels or sequels to help uh, mm-hmm. the author kind of flesh out things.
1: Cool. Yeah, or connected in some ways. I, Stephen King is kind of known for that, I know, where a lot of his, like, he's kind of got this background cosmology, mostly tied kind to of Dark Tower. I, I need to read more more of his books, but I do know that much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: So what amazing things will readers take away by reading your story?
1: For my younger readers, I hope that they will take away the importance of intercultural understanding and respect for other people's cultures, even if you don't fully understand it. That's kind of the running theme in both stories, is that like just because something seems strange and kind of scary, it doesn't mean that it's actually bad. The sacred thing was skins from like various Vilbra throughout history. And it was considered in Vilbra culture to be a g- great honor to be added to this massive tapestry. And it's kind of not all that different from reliquaries now, but like you come in and you see a whole bunch of skin hanging on a wall or something or pelts of the same species you're going to be like what what is going on what is this if you don't have that cultural context so that was kind of like my idea for both stories about understanding cultures and not having that knee-jerk reaction of it's different it's weird therefore it must be bad
0: oh cool so you're taking the reader on a journey to a foreign land and showing them some things and teaching them about how normalization of, of, of ideas is different in a different culture and mm-hmm. it's a-okay or it's yeah. not i don't know you tell me <laughs>
1: no no no. it's okay it's the story it's okay the previous story the one that's unpublished they run into trouble when they don't respect the other culture and you know uh try to impose their own beliefs on them but this family there they realize that they're a guest on this world and mostly just you know want to go home and stuff so they they do their best to be respectful not step on any toes and mostly it's through this kid and their friendship with a young vilbra named darwin that like they begin to understand like the beginnings of cultural understanding starts to happen
0: this is author lancer kind whatever kind of name that is, I mean, kind, wouldn't the girls automatically pass you up as the nice guy? Anyhow, through what must have been some mistake, you squeaked your way into rockets and robots. Well, go ahead and greet the audience and tell us the title of your story. Ouch! With an intro like that, like, I thought this was a friendly show. You act like I maybe tried to fool you. Yeah, that's right. I'm asking you to prove that you've even written a story. It's called... Morning Star City, man. I mean, just chill out a little bit. Okay, Lancer, it's time to come clean. What did you do to James to get your story in the anthology? Hey, I wrote it up and emailed it over to him, and, you know, he, he bought the story. Oh, come on, man. Surely there was something. No, really, that was, that was all there was to it. All right, fine. We can continue this charade. I suppose you're going to tell me what inspired you. My kids. I mean, my oldest, I had him reading one of my business novels. It's an IT noir story. And I thought, you know, that's a little tough for that 11-year-old to read through. I probably should write something a little bit more his age. He likes cosmology, and so I thought I should write a proper... Base adventure story yeah 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 you just chill out there greatest dad in the world okay finally the last question is what amazing things you did put amazing things in there right will readers take away by reading your story well it's a young adult adventure story readers will get an appetizer of atmospheric science while they follow bernadilla you know who loses her cat and so she's trying to find it on Morning Star City. And you know what? They'll learn how to air barbecue chicken and how delightful it tastes. Oh, wow. So that's all you got is a bunch of hot air, a little bit of barbecue, and a lost cat. Man, I'm so out. I left screen actor's guild for this gig, whatever. All right. So this is Eric James Stone, who is part of Rockets and Robots Anthology. Uh, Hey, Eric, go and greet the audience and tell us the title of your story. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm the author of Attitude Adjustment. So James Maxey picked your story for Rockets and Robots. Congratulations are in order. But, you know, the guy has dragon puppets on his hands all the time. I mean, we should check in on what did you do to get your story into this anthology? Well, I've known James
2: for almost 20 years, and as a result, I know the skeletons in his closet. (laughs) Their names are Joyce and Engelbert, and they put in a good word with James for my story, Attitude Adjustment.
0: Oh, nice. There we are. Uh, So why do you think your story is a great fit for this anthology? Well, uh, Attitude
2: Adjustment is a hard science fiction problem-solving story that was originally published in the magazine Analog Science Fiction and Fact. It's about after a lunar tourist shuttle gets sabotaged, the pilot and passengers Let's find a way to avoid crashing into the moon's surface. It's the kind of story I loved reading when I was a kid, so I'm excited to share this kind of story with a new generation.
0: Nice. And I'm hearing shuttle, i.e. rocket. So there we are. You checked one of those two boxes. Yes. <laughs> so what inspired you to write
2: the story? Uh, well, I'm a member of the Codex Writers Forum. And back in 2007, we had a short story contest called, called Codexian Idol, kind of modeled on American Idol, and it involved submitting the first 500 words of a short story for the first round of judging, and the top half of the stories moved on to the next round of judging with a thousand more words, and then they moved on, you know, the top half moved on to the last round of judging with the the end of the story. And so the the focus of the contest was, you know, mainly on hooking people in that first round, but then having to have a satisfying ending in in the final round, And so I came up with the idea of a lunar tourist shuttle in danger as a way to hook the audience. And because I made it to the second round, I had to start figuring out ways that they could try to solve the problem. And because I made it to the final round, I had to figure out a working solution for it. And guess who took first place in the final round of the contest? I'm going to guess it was you. James Maxey.
0: (laughs) Oh, James Maxey!
2: That's it. yes. Attitude Adjustment was dead last in the final round. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I, I took the feedback that I'd gotten on the story and the ending, and I, so I improved the ending, and I sold it to Analog Magazine. And not only that, it got selected for the anthology Year's Best SF-15, my first appearance uh, and pretty much only appearance in a Year's Best SF anthology. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, good, a good science science hard science fiction story
0: yay yay for revisions man <laughs> fixes all those yes. all those things so uh, wow James was the uh, so he's sort of your who's Seinfeld and who's Newman in this relationship uh, uh, <laughs> James I, I has beaten me in a bunch of
2: contests uh. I think I might have beaten him once <laughs> uh, he, I, frankly I think he's one of the best short story writers around and so
0: losing to him is is not Very painful. It's still painful, but not very painful. The question is, does he type with puppets on his hands? That's what I want to know. (laughs) So, you know, what amazing things will readers take away by reading your story? Well, I hope they'll come away
2: thinking that there was some cool science in the story. I actually contacted an expert in orbital mechanics at Georgia Tech to ask him whether the solution that my characters came up with would actually work. And he confirmed that it would.
0: Nice.
2: It's the kind of thing that I had to put a lot of thought into to come up with and my characters have to do it in a much shorter time frame in order to to prevent their them themselves from crashing into the moon and dying. Oh no.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you let them have a calculator or something. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh I I let them have an AI that is is calculating through everything and
0: telling them that no, that's not gonna work. Oh, that sounds like a great story, Eric. I'm interested in getting rockets and robots. Where do I go?
2: The best place to go is just go to Amazon, type it in with an ant, with the "and" symbol instead of spelling out "and." <laughs> but if not, go to the James Maxey author page and go. You'll find it. There's. Okay. Uh, make sure you're searching in books because, fortunately, if you type in rockets and robots, you get a lot of yeah. puzzles and. Hopefully, as we get more of a soul, you'll rise up on the yeah. you know, get you off know, the second page and on the first page.
0: This is the last episode of the Rockets and Robots series. The start of the series happened at episode 194. If you're like my friend Larry and you missed the first episode. You can find the series page, which has all the episodes put together, by searching for Lancer, Sci-Fi Thoughts, Rockets, and, with an ampersand, Robots. Be sure to check out the show notes, because there you'll have links to all the people that were on this show, and their specific details like books that they have uh, maybe their website other things so you could get to know them what are show notes show notes show up in your podcast player so they're right there in your phone for easy tapping you don't use a podcast player well then go back to the web page where you downloaded the mp3 and you will see the show notes right there in that web
3: page